The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to The Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. Make sure you follow me on my social media platforms at The Officer Tatum, The Officer Tatum, and visit my store, TheOfficerTatumStore.com. So let's get into this. Um, I always start with COVID-19, possibly until COVID-19 goes away, which in my personal opinion is not going to go away as long as people have political agendas and they need to be elected as uh, president or running for some of these offices. They're going to keep bringing this up because it has some political ramifications to it. Now, in the state of Arizona, we're up to about a thousand deaths of COVID-19. There's seven million people that live in the state of Arizona. Two thirds of those individuals are people with pre-existing conditions uh, living in nursing homes. The other third is saturated with individuals from the reservation and other people with underlying conditions um, that will, would have probably lost their lives from pneumonia or flu or other things. So in my personal opinion, based on what I've seen, based on my research, based on talking to doctors at hospitals, even directors of hospitals. I spoke to a, a person who's a director of, of at least four or five hospitals here in the valley. Our government has duped us to a certain degree. I do think that there should be precautions for COVID-19, but we have gone way too far for no reason. It's absolutely no reason for us to go this far. I think that we we should have used our resources, money, effort and energy to protect those who are vulnerable, like people that live on a reservation that have pre-existing conditions, who, who don't have access to proper nutrition and different things of that nature. We should have used our money resources to protect those individuals. People at nursing homes use our money and resources to protect those individuals. But for the able bodied American who has gotten COVID-19 and defeated COVID-19, even before they started testing, what is the point of wasting money, closing down businesses, quarantining and doing all this old foolish stuff for what? And now that we got the numbers out, now, now people, are, we're not even talking about COVID-19 anymore. It's not the biggest risk to, to the American population. And I'm disappointed. And, and, and let me say this. I'm going to say this about Doug Ducey. I was uh, upset with Doug Ducey because he extended to the 15th. I felt like that was pandering on his part. But I am glad that at least he's not foolish like some of these other Democratic led states who they still have people shut down. They still have people shut down. But but the hypocrisy is real because they have people shut down for COVID-19. If you were to protest COVID-19, they'll throw you in jail. They monitor your social distancing. But if you go out and protest for whatever for whatever social justice cause that you have. That's not pertaining to COVID-19 or or your protest against the government, but your protest for Black Lives Matter or your protest for police brutality that that somehow is exempt from COVID-19. It's exempt from COVID-19, but I'll get to that in the second segment. Let's get back to education. Arizona Department of Education have released guidance, a guideline for reopening Arizona schools. Now, this is something that crossed my mind and it crossed my mind often about the school system. How are kids surviving without being at school right now? How? If there is a survival rate or an availability for kids to have adequate education at home and not at school, what does that say about the public school system? And I don't believe that that the public school system, Department of Education, I don't think any of them are actually worried about the education of young people. They're worried about, in my personal opinion, they're worried about what looks good on paper 
and what is applicable. You're talking about classroom settings where they want to have social distancing in the classrooms. They're not going to have the same ratio of student to teachers. They're going to try to hire more employees to accommodate for that. All of these things that they somehow never found out was possible before COVID-19. I just I just don't think that it it makes sense. Let me read a couple of the uh, the things that are included in the document. They give you they, they're giving advice for uh, the hybrid lear- learning setup, including uh, scenarios for rotating day schedules, as well as protocol for having lunch in the classrooms. Um, uh, regular, uh, regularly disinfecting the playground and providing classrooms with additional supplies through COVID-19 relief fund. So they, they can come up with all this, but what happened when, during the flu season? Now, COVID-19, as far as I know, have not killed any children. Now, they lie and say that a kid in, I think, I don't know, uh, Rhode Island or somewhere died from, I could, have, I could have the area wrong, but it was a kid back east that they said it died from COVID-19. Then once they were confronted, they said, no, he died. The kid died, but they had COVID-19. They died from being drowned or suffocated. So I have not heard of a kid dying from COVID-19. I haven't heard of not one of them. But the flu killed kids every year. The flu harmed children at a much higher rate than COVID-19. So why is it that they did none of this during flu season? And I'm going to say this till I'm blue in the face. In 2018, the flu season killed 80,000 Americans, hospitalized nearly a million people. We didn't shut down a liquor store. We didn't do any social distancing. All they did was push a vaccination when the vaccination is only 30 percent effective. And in some cases, five and three percent effective, depending on when it's implemented and what part of the seasons it's implemented in. But it's not effective. I believe that they have tricked us into a socialist uh, 90-day trial where they are showing everybody their hand of how the government can control your life, even to the point of telling you that you don't have a right to get sick if you want to. The government shouldn't be able to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. They don't care about you getting an STD, which STDs in this country kill more people than COVID. But they don't track STDs, do they? No, they don't. They want to track COVID. And both are a HIPAA violation, in my personal opinion. But they don't care if you get STDs. They don't care about how people are eating. Eating fast food every day was causing diseases that kill more people than COVID-19 could ever think of. But they don't care about that. They let you eat whatever you want. They don't regulate. Most of these foods are not regulated. All of these disease, all of these uh, chemicals that they put in our foods causing people to have cancer and other things that are ailments in our community. Why do you think the Native American community suffers so much from viruses like COVID-19 and other ailments that kill them on a day-to-day basis? A lack of access to quality food, a lack of access to health care and different things of that nature. Some of it is cultural, the way you eat, the way you exercise, the way you take care of your body. Those things can really cause a negative effect on the community. But our government won't spend any reasonable amount of money to help prevent you from all of these ailments that are the leading leading causes of death for people in our country, but they want to spend all our money on COVID-19 and putting you out of work. We're going to talk about the protests that have been going around, some of the protests in Phoenix, the protests out around the country, and my personal opinion, for what? Stay tuned. 
You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show. Catch me after the break. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show. Make sure you follow me on social media at The Officer Tatum. The Officer Tatum on all of my social media platforms. The Officer Tatum. Let's get into some of these protests, right? We've seen protests here in uh, the Phoenix Valley. There have been protests in my community way out in Goodyear. Um, obviously, I think it was peaceful. It was a Black Lives Matter protest with probably no black people involved in it. Um, but it was a protest nonetheless. Uh, some of the ignorant childish people that are involved in these protests not all but some decided to paint over the golf course in my community but hey i don't know they're doing it for the uh for the life of george floyd i I don't think so i don't know if that's their claim but it is irrational what some people are doing now let's get to the protests a little bit more nationwide and i'm gonna tell you why arizona haven't seen the same effects although ignorant Foolish people been banging out windows and looting in in Scottsdale quarters and, or out there in the fashion square and ruining businesses. But anyway, let, let's get to the let's get to the nation issue. And then I'll talk about why Arizona has been successful nationwide. There's been about, I don't know, about 580 cities across the country and pretty much all 50 states that people have been protesting in. There's been 10,000 people who have been arrested um, as of last Wednesday who were protesting now. At this point, ladies and gentlemen, there ain't no real reason for people to be protesting, in my personal opinion. The officer who killed George Floyd has been arrested. The other officers involved in this case have been arrested. It seems to me that this is the quickest level of justice that I've ever seen in my life. And people are still protesting. And, and and let me let me say, let me say it like this. Let me say it like this. The reason why people are not uh, violently protesting here in the state of Arizona is because we have did, ladies and gentlemen, what I call uh, appropriate policing. That means using force. When you let people run around and bash out windows, that's not protesting. That's not covered under the Constitution. That is looting, rioting, and thuggery. So in the state of Arizona. We said, we're not letting you do thuggery. We'll let you do protests and peacefully protest. Even if people disagree, who cares? In this country, you can protest anything. You can protest uh, 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 litter boxes if you want to. You have a right to. And so now we've seen, after we've used force against the criminal element, we see people coming out and peacefully protesting, which, which I believe is uh, fine and dandy, and I support that. Although I don't support some of the reason why they're protesting because I think it's counterproductive. But when you look at it nationwide, think about this for a minute. People were initially protesting the death of George Floyd. One man murdered by a police officer. There is no evidence of racial inequality in this arrest, unless some of y'all got some information that I've never heard of. But just because it's a white cop and a black man don't make it racial. But people are protesting his death, right? One man's death. Black life, a black life matter, right? That black life mattered. But yet you protest all over the country and you end up killing more black people within protests than the Minneapolis Police Department has killed. 
How, how is that? How does that make sense? And then you burn down businesses, black owned businesses in your own community. Even if and some people coming from other communities in your community, burning down your businesses. Some of these companies are never coming back. Some people have been out of work and they finally got a job back, being able to go to Target, being able to go to some of these places to make money. When you were supposed to be caring about black lives and you end up ruining black lives. David Dorn, retired police captain, literally got murdered on television. I mean, on the a live stream, that murder to me looked worse than George Floyd. Where's the protest for him? Where's his killer at? The man murdered this this retired black black man, 77 year old black man who retired and served 38 years on the police department honorably. Where is his killer at? No, no, we don't care. There ain't gonna be no march for his killer. He's not gonna get a mural. He's not gonna get a T-shirt. Then nobody gonna talk about it. They just gonna let it go. Oh, okay, okay. I guess he don't matter. I looked on Black Lives Matter uh, Instagram page. I was waiting to see them at least make mention of the seven or at least six or seven black people that have died during these protests. Haven't seen a lick of information about any of these other black people that have died as a result of these protests. So I'm led to believe that their lives didn't matter as much as George Floyd's. And that's and that's where I have a problem because I believe everybody matters. I believe black lives matter too. And I believe white lives matter. And I believe Hispanic lives matter. Doggone it, everybody's life matter. And I think that we should be showing equal treatment to everybody's life. There shouldn't be no uh, exaggeration of pointing out white lives. I don't believe that. Everybody in America matters. Even if you're mixed race, you're not white or black. You're biracial, your life matter too. So if we're gonna go down a path of whose lives matter, I think we need to call out police brutality when it's done to white people too. White people are who are unarmed are killed two and three times more than black people are. Yet the African-American population in this country, 13% of the population, obviously all 13% is not committing crimes. Most of the people who are committing crimes in the black community, according to statistical data, you can look it up on the FBI website. Washington Post has an interactive uh, uh, thing on their website where you can find out who was shot, why they were shot, what city, what race. When you look at the stats, about, I don't know, I'm giving a very conservative number. About 6% of the population is the criminal element in, in, in within the black community. So they make up 13% of the population. About 6% of the population commits half of the murders in this country and over half of the violent crimes. So you put two and two together, that violent uh, portion of the black community will get patrolled at a much higher rate than other communities. So if you look at the patrol density of the black community versus the white community, white people actually get killed more per capita in patrol than black people do. But nobody's going to talk about these statistics because they hurt people's feelings. But I ain't here to talk about your feelings. I'm here to talk about facts so we can actually come up with a solution. Police brutality is, is not even in the top 10 issues affecting our the country or the black community. In 2019, there were nine African-American males or nine African-American people shot unarmed. Now, unarmed don't mean that you're innocent. You can be a deadly threat being unarmed. But just for the sake of a, of a logical argument, 
Just say all nine in 2019, 365 days of the year, 50 states, you have nine black people shot unarmed. Just say they all were innocent individuals murdered by police. You have 44 million black people in this country. Nine were shot unarmed in 2019. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands were killed in inner city violence by other black people. But let's go back to the police department. That that number is like percentage of black people getting killed unarmed is like 0.000006%. You got more of a chance of getting struck by lightning, dying in a car accident. I mean, I can go down the list. Police brutality in the black community is an issue for individuals that get brutalized. I get it. I see it. I, 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 I don't agree with police brutality. I think police who brutalize the public should be held to a higher standard and they should be spending a significant amount of time in prison. But for you to come out and burn the whole country down for the sake of police brutality that have affected nine individuals in 2019 and in 2020, there's only been three. And I like, and I don't mean to say only as if their life don't matter. I'm saying only meaning that there was 4.4, 44 million other black people that don't have to worry about getting killed or manipulated or abused by police. It's a, it's a, it, it, people are, are lying and creating a narrative to continue to push fear and division in our country. As a black man in America, I'm on the radio telling you right now, if you are not committing a crime and you are not resisting arrest and you're not high on methamphetamine and fentanyl, then you have a high, highly unlikely chance of having a negative interaction with police. You cannot name me one African-American man that has been killed by police and, and that, that wasn't doing a crime at the time, whether it was justified or not, that wasn't doing a crime at the time, and that if they had lived through the interaction, that they wouldn't be in prison today. You can't, you can't name any of them. Michael Brown would have been in prison. Uh, Eric Garner would have been in prison after his 46th arrest. Um, let's go down. Philando Castile would have been in jail because he was illegally carrying uh, marijuana in his car while carrying a firearm, which is in violation of a CCW law. He would have been in jail. Breonna Taylor, whose birthday was yesterday that everybody's talking about. She was knee deep in criminal activity and drug dealing. So unfortunately, she died in the crossfire of a shootout, but she would have went to prison. We can go down the list. Uh, Alton Sterling selling illegal CDs, which is piracy, a felony crime. He was a prohibited possessor, a sex offender, carrying a firearm and pulled a gun on the police officers. So he would have been in prison. Uh, George Floyd. George Floyd had tried to... Uh, buy, I don't know what he was buying, with a fraudulent $20 bill or so. He's high on methamphetamine and fentanyl, enough to kill him, and he resisted arrest from the police officers. Now, the police officer was wrong, but so was George Floyd. Two wrongs ended up causing a tragedy, and George Floyd unfortunately lost his life, and this police officer found guilty should be spending the rest of his life in prison. So, we need to have an honest conversation about what's what so we can all work together. Keep blaming the white man and, and, and getting mad at white people and, and acting like white people are the, are the problem and that talking about racism every five minutes, that's not gonna solve anything. People need to come together. I wanna talk about what Drew Brees said. I'm out of time. We'll talk about what Drew Brees said in the next segment. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show, hold the phone. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM.
This is the Brandon Tatum Show. The Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show. Make sure you follow me on social media at the Officer Tatum, the Officer Tatum, on all of my social media platforms. This show live and direct to you every Saturday at 6 p.m. Make sure you don't miss it. We're in the third segment. We got one more to go, and I'm finna get hot. So let's talk about defunding the police department. And I'm gonna say this, and I and I'll say this till I'm green in the face. If you are on a city council board and you are even com- contemplating defunding the police department, I don't know how you're still in 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 commission. You should you should step down and go home and be a full time activist. And I I've heard it happen in Phoenix, but I'm talking about anywhere in the country. You know how irrational you sound by defunding the police department? Who's going to just just imagine. Let's 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 play this out on the radio. Just imagine you defund the police department. Let's say you cut the police, the police department in half. How is that going to make anybody any safer? When in Phoenix, the, for the Phoenix Police Department, I, I, I don't even know of any of these Phoenix police police officers that have been charged. Maybe one or two out of seven million interact, seven million people in this in this state. We rarely have any issues with police brutality. Rarely. You see a few of them, but you're talking about 7 million people in this state. We rarely have issues with police brutality. Defund the police department. And and let me tell you what's going to happen when you do that. Cut the police police officers in half. Do you think criminals are going to defund their criminal element? Do you think the the drug cartel coming from Mexico is going to somehow defund what they're doing? You think drug trafficking is going to go down? You think sex trafficking is going to is going to decrease because you decreased funding for the police department? You think by having less officers on the in the field, less training, mind you, less training, less officers on the field, less ability to pay them what they're worth. You think you're going to get good quality police officers patrolling your cities when your grandchild get raped? Who you think going to come and take that police report? Huh? You think your private security? Who's going to take that police report? An activist, somebody, somebody in, in the activist community going to come take a police report and do an investigation when your when your grandchild get raped. What about domestic violence? When these men and women are beating each other all day long, who do you think going to come to that call? Oh, oh, what? Remember the drive by shooting? Oh, no, no. Let's let's talk about um, the dummy in Glendale that decided to use his in-cell powers to go and shoot people. At, at a shopping center, who do you think gonna respond to that call? Who? You gonna go get Al Sharpton? You gonna go get you gonna go get uh, Barack Obama? They're not gonna respond to that. You know how much that emboldened just the mention of defunding the police department. You know how much that emboldened the criminal element. I almost think it should be criminal for any politician to even make a suggestion that they're gonna defund the police department. That's like going and telling a foreign government that the the, the United States of America military is weak. Come in for the kill. That's pretty much what you're saying. Police departments are the backbone of this city. They're the backbone. Not the church. Not not some of these people. They're the backbone. Because if it were not for the police department, how many more crimes do you think would be committed in the Phoenix Valley? And some of y'all ain't police officers. You have no idea what's happening in the Phoenix Valley. The Phoenix Valley is one of the most dangerous places to live. It is. 
Now you go to Scottsdale, you go to you go to Chandler. Yeah, you may be, but the heart of Phoenix, you know, what I mean, police officers been murdered in the line of duty in Phoenix. Three or four times. I mean, it, it, it's way more than in Tucson. Where I patrol that. Come on, man. Like it, it's just getting out of hand. There's a solution to the problem. But you got to be willing to be an adult and, and leaders sitting down with each other and actually listening on both sides. It cannot just be one way. The police department shouldn't be coming all the way to the citizens to try to beg for forgiveness. Some of y'all in the citizenry, y'all are, are committing crimes and murdering people and shooting at police. What, what is your where, where is your accountability at? People should be able to come together, go through the police academy, go through, go through. They have citizens academy. Go and do a ride along with a police officer. Find out what you're talking about before you try to implement anything that's involving police. And once that happens, then allow police to come into the community, allow police to have more community events and allow them to be involved in the community. Then we both can come together and work towards a common goal. But until you social justice warriors who do more talking and no action until you actually have it in your heart to do something positive. Stop talking about it. We've been talking about uh, injustices since the 60s. And what have y'all done to improve anything? Nothing. Y'all in power. What about the people in the city council? What have y'all done so far before George Floyd? I mean, what have you done? Oh, oh, now you want to take action. Why don't you take action before that man died in Minneapolis? Oh, oh, because you have because you're not taking action because you care. You take it action because it's politically expedient. We had the first black president in the United States history. What did he do to curb police brutality in this country? Nothing. A black man. What did he do? Nothing. What did he do to curb the violence in the black community? Nothing. What, what did he do? Chicago is worse now than it was when he was before he was the president. Nothing. So I don't want to hear people being uh, trying to virtue signal. You guys aren't doing anything. If you don't even know the law, you don't even know the use of force policies. You're just out there being an activist and you should be ashamed of yourself if you're participating in activism that's leading to looting and damaging of property. Now, if they come loot your house, what you going to do? Oh, you're going to call the police. Oh, OK. Why? Because you probably don't own a gun and you cannot defend your own family. It's, it's that's the thing that kills me, man. Like some of these people want to defund the police department and then they're the first one to call the police when stuff hit the fan. What about the mayor? The mayor of Phoenix. I, I'm, I can almost guarantee y'all she has a mayor detail. They had a mayor detail in, Fe in Tucson where they have police officers following the mayor around, making sure they don't get robbed and killed. I guarantee you she got a mayor detail. But is she going to talk about defunding her detail? Is that going to be the first thing to go on the police department? Were you paying officers to not be on the street, but they're there as your personal security? Oh, oh you're not going to defund that part? Oh, okay. I was just wondering. It's, it, I just don't get it, man. I don't get the vitriol and hatred towards police. It, it, it goes both ways, man. George Floyd was wrong up until the time that that man put his knee on his neck. And then the police officer became wrong. But... I'm saying this to any any young black person that's watching this or white person or Hispanic. You have no reason to be afraid of police. You have no reason. 
You have no reason. If a police officer pull you over, just comply with what they say. If you disagree with what a police officer does, then you can file a complaint. You can go down to the police station and say, hey, man, this officer badge number so-and-so-and-so-and-so did XYZ on this traffic stop, and I think it's unacceptable. Uh, Jerry Williams claims, and I believe her because most police departments do this, Jerry Williams claims that they will investigate any legitimate claim into police misconduct. So call Jerry Williams out and tell her to, to uh, investigate your claim if you have a claim against the Phoenix Police Department. You don't fight a police officer. You don't you don't you don't you don't try to debate a police officer at the side of the road. You take the ticket. You have your day in court. You can contest the ticket. And if the police officer is wrong and you're right, you will win in court. If you if you feel like that you're wrongfully arrested, by all means, let the police officer arrest you and then you can go through the process of suing them. But what's the point of you contesting a, a bad arrest and dying? And your family possibly getting the money versus you living and you getting the money and your family getting the money. If a police officer illegally arrests you, you have a pretty significant lawsuit against the police department and the city of Phoenix. Don't listen to these people hype you up. Don't listen to these mayors and city council members. And I, I'm not identifying one of them, but I know a lot of the rhetoric comes from city council members across the country. Don't let these people hype you up and get you killed. Don't let people have you hating police officers for no reason. You shouldn't hate police officers. You should you should dislike the ones who are wrong. You should dislike the police officers who are committing crimes. But I'm going to say this and I'm finished because I got about a minute and 30 seconds left. If a police officer does something wrong, hold that person accountable. The other police officers ain't done nothing to you. And so you should treat people the way you want to be treated. If you don't want people looking at you because the last black man committed a murder, looking at you like you are similar to him just because y'all both share the same skin color. If you don't want people to treat you like that, then why are you treating the police like that? And I think that you should treat police officers like human beings. Until they give you a reason not to, you should treat them with respect and dignity because it takes courage to put on a badge. It don't take hardly any courage to complain about the badge. Listen, I got to talk about Drew Brees in the next segment because I think what he said was beautiful and I don't know why people hating on him. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show. I'll see you in the next segment. Hold the phone. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. Make sure you follow me on my social media platforms at The Officer Tatum. The Officer Tatum on any platform you probably have. Uh, I'm probably there and I'm doing well. So make sure you get on there, follow me. You'll get all my good content all throughout the week so you don't have to just wait till Saturday. So let's talk about Drew Brees real quick and then I'm going to talk about the hypocrisy from pastors as it relates to President Trump and just the hypocrisy in general with pastors pushing racist rhetoric in the name of police brutality reform. So let's start with Drew Brees. Drew Brees, I can't play his clip because people are, it's all controversy now. But Drew Brees was asked in an interview about the flag and about players claiming um, to to kneel during the national anthem this year in the NFL. I'm telling y'all right now, I swear to God, if just the thought of somebody kneeling and disrespecting the flag, I'm not gonna watch the NFL. I'm not watching it. 
I'm never going to watch the NFL. I'm, not, I'm never going to watch them again. I took a whole year off of watching the NFL because I, it makes my stomach hurt looking at people disrespect the country and the flag. It, it makes my stomach hurt. Now, you have a right to do whatever you want to do. And I have a right to criticize you and not watch the NFL. And you, But what you don't have a right to do is to be an activist on, the, on your job. So if the NFL say you ain't doing activism on the job, the NFL has every right to do that because you signed a contract. Your constitutional rights stop at your contract with the NFL. So I'm not watching it. The NFL is going to lose a tremendous amount of revenue because patriots like myself ain't putting up with it. Why, why haven't y'all took a knee during all of this offseason? Y'all ain't never ain't seen not one of y'all kneeling nowhere. But you're going to wait till you get in the NFL game to take a knee on the national anthem. Disgraceful, in my opinion. Now, Drew Brees said the most had the most beautiful statement and the most fair statement when it comes to why he disagreed with people kneeling for the national anthem. And I'm just going to say a little bit of what he said. I'm not going to say it verbatim because I don't feel like reading a, a script. So pretty much what he said, and you can go look it up. I'm pretty sure it's floating around the Internet somewhere. Pretty much what Drew Brees said is that he do not does not respect people kneeling and protesting the American flag in the country. He said the reason why is because what he sees when he look at the American flag and the national anthem is he see his grandfather and great grandfather who served honorably to protect this country. He also mentioned that he see the civil rights movement and all of the things that black people have done to help bridge the gap. And for us that who have worked together to make things right in this country, all of the strides that we have made. And he also mentioned that he think kneeling is divisive versus us all standing in unity together and us pursuing a mission showing that we're all in this together and we're all a part of the solution. How is that a bad statement to make? Because a white man who's done so much for New Orleans, millions upon millions upon millions of dollars that he'd given to Katrina in New Orleans for, for I, I guarantee you, inner city activities, he's given millions. Just this COVID-19 season or whatever to combat COVID-19, he's given $5 million, him and his wife's organization. That man has won championships. He has he has revised or, or you could say um, revived New Orleans winning championships. The football team is strong. That man is the king of New Orleans. But because he says something that was his opinion, he somehow counseled that will only happen to a white man. It will only happen to a white man. In my personal opinion, black people can get on TV and say whatever they want to say on CNN. They call myself and others. Uncle Tom sell out Negroes. And, and nobody even said nothing to him. That is an incredibly racist and, 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 and offensive statement to come from CNN Don Lemon. But I guess it don't matter if you're not white. And, and you look at why is this happening? What is so offensive about having a perspective? Colin Kaepernick took a knee to disrespect the country and the flag. That's my opinion. Colin Kaepernick may have a different opinion. Does that make his opinion better than my opinion? Does that make my opinion better than his opinion? No, we live in a free country. I can say what I want to say. And if people don't like what I have to say, then just don't listen to me. It's that simple. And I think that people should be able to critique what they think is wrong in this country. And if you're white, you shouldn't have to hide under the uh, under the, a bridge just because they're going to call you a racist no matter what you say. I don't think it's appropriate for people to call 
white Trump supporters racist and white supremacists, which they have done on national TV time and time and time and time again. It's not right. And that, and, and that's unacceptable. And I think I think white Americans have every right to contest Black Lives Matter or whatever else that they want to contest. And I think black people in this country have a right to claim that there's uh, uh, injustices and everything else. How is it that one person's right somehow trumps the other? Listen, y'all, this is this is like communism happening to our country, censoring speech, burning books. That's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. And I'm sick of it. And, and all of this stuff needs to come to an end. I want to go off about these pastors that are literally hypocrites when it comes to uh, President Trump and others because of political correctness. And I feel like some of these people are, don't have a vested interest in the gospel. They have a vested interest in their own incentives to be pro-black, pro-white, pro-whatever. And it's not godly. But I'm running out of time. This I don't have no more time this week. So you need to listen to me next Saturday at 6 p.m. on the Brandon Tatum Show. I love y'all. See y'all next week. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM.